Okay. Yes, hello ladies, welcome to Global Women Talk, our second episode. I am so excited about this episode today. First of all, this incredible turnout of quote unquote badass, powerful, female-centered, power-centered, female, Mary Pagano, Susan Hum, the love hacker, the, the movie star, TV star personality, Clarissa Burt, hi, and then Sharu Marocha, another ultimate, you know, boss babe, as they say, and myself, the heart of show business, uh, movie producer, and uh, I am so honored to be hosting this episode because I have to say, and I can't wait for you ladies to give me your feedback on this because I was watching the Grammys, um, the virtual edition, and I, I saw this performance um, from Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. It was all going very well. And then all of a sudden I see this performance of these two women. And as much as I try to be I mean, hey, listen, who hasn't seen Madonna, right? When she was doing Like a Virgin back in the 80s, which was amazing. But this was on a whole different scale. And I am not a prude, but I, I was bothered by it. And uh, as far as like it's messaging for women. And so I'm really curious because we have global women, global perspective, all ages, all backgrounds to really just get your thoughts on what was your reaction as a woman um, as a viewer, and what what do you think this messaging is about? And you think it's actually doing good to the female movement and female empowerment, or is actually harming it? So, ladies, I'm starting off with this question. Overall thoughts, uh, Mary, would you like to go first? Well, I would love to go first. First of all, I feel sorry for any mother that's trying to raise teenage girls. I mean, I just. And I'm not a mother. I wish I was, but I'm not. But my heart just went out to every mother like, oh, my God, now how do you explain this? You know, because it's such a, you know, the Emmys, you know, it's not like it's, uh, you know, like a porn show or something of that nature. And so I was a bit bothered by it, uh, quite frankly. I just feel like um, it's it's uh, it's making us sex objects. And I don't I really don't like that. It just. You know, I live in here, I live in Miami. I see this stuff all the time. And we're like in Kim Kardashian country and people are getting butt implants, you know? I mean, and they're dying from getting them, right? Because they all want to be able to have the big butts and and to do the twerking. And, and um, but, you know, I just thought that was a little bit too sexualized for, um, I feel like it sets women back a bit. So um, as opposed to, uh, gosh, how do I want to say this? Um, it just, um, it puts them in a category that they can only be sexy and they have to seduce, you know, people to get anywhere. And, um, and that's not what we want. I mean, we've been, um, you know, we've been sexually abused and all those other kinds of things. And I just feel like women need to be able to survive on their own without having to use their bodies to, to get anywhere. That's just, that's my two cents now, but I'll definitely add more to it as we That's talk incredible. about. That's very, very valid points. It's about whether we, how do we stand in our own power and do we have to use our bodies and, and sexuality disguised under body confidence to do so. Susan Hum, the love hacker. Now you've got something to say because you got wine. So <laughs> I can't. 
you had wine o'clock already. So yeah, no kidding. Cool. I had to get some wine after I watched that video. I, you know, it's funny because my husband was in, this, in the other room and he heard the music and everything because I hadn't heard it. And then I went into his office and I started twerking to tell him whether that's a good thing or not. He's like, what are you doing? You look like you're suffering. It's like, yeah, I just... <laughs> I guess I can't move that part of the body without looking like I'm in pain. But I'm like, you know, it, it's funny. I come from a culture, I'm Chinese, where that just does not happen, right? So I'm like, I'm, and I grew up in Canada. So I look at body image, body, the nudity and everything like that. To me, I had to learn how to embrace it because I didn't grow up with parents that were free in terms of, you know, teaching us about body image and everything. And that whole sexual thing is very private, right? And so, but since I grew up in Canada, I live with that, but I didn't grow up in the Instagram era, you see? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and I'm all about power, women's power, uh, power and embracing the body. I support platforms that help women with coming out free in their body and being able to exercise whatever they want. But I also believe that it has to be done in a sacred space that's protected and also monitored, right? Because right now with the work that I do with helping with alleviating mental health out there for the younger demographic um, that are suffering from looking at this, if there's no context with content, it's dangerous. Right. And maybe these two women like Megan, uh, Megan the Stallion or Cardi B are empowered. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Who knows what is out there, but there has to be some context. And when the young girls watch this, they want to go out there dressed like this. And I'm sorry, most of the men out there don't have the capacity to control that side of them. Right. Yeah. So we have to also, as women take responsibility in making sure that we're countering whatever is out there that we cannot control. So coming from a different culture, I, I thought it was, um, I thought artistically it's okay, but the words were like, what the heck? It looked like, it looked like porn on Grammys. Like if, if yeah. it was the words, right? I was listening to the words. I had to listen to it three times. I'm like, did she just say wet like a hundred times? Yeah. This is like Good. porn. And that was the part that I was like mixed with the words. It wasn't even a good message, right? Yeah. So I can see how they push the, you know, the Grammys. It was the artists always like to push the envelope, right? And 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 I I'm okay with that to some extent, but I think this just got a little bit too porny for me to feel like it was really great art, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, Britney Spears also yep. did that when she was younger, but her words were not porn words. Right. right. And so that's the part that I'm sort of, you know, I, I really try to struggle with free freedom of expression of our, our empowerment of right. where we come to, from. So if these girls started off really being weak and then they got empowered because of whatever they're doing now, great. If there's a message, but I didn't see the message. So maybe I'm missing something. So I'll leave it to the next wonderful lady to tell me what I'm missing because maybe I'm missing the message. Love this, love this. Um, Sharu, what were your thoughts on it? I'm in a shop. <laughs> I never watched the video, uh, I mean, for long, and I have read the clip. I'm running an online magazine, Empowering Women Across the Globe, that's womenlines.com. 
And for last three years, I'm crazily asking everybody. I want to reach out to every woman across the world to use the power of media for herself, for her excellence. Because I know that every woman has that power, some hidden power, which she can use once she's enlightened with the right mindset and the right knowledge. And here, a prestigious platform is coming up with such a program, which is having such a bad impact. I am lost of words. Because right now, the whole world is buzzing with women empowerment. We are talking about examples of all the ladies, great ladies, who are doing wonderful work like Jacinta Arden from New Zealand. We are talking about people who are leading and showing example to the young women that we are more than beauty. We are more than what we dress and we are more than what we are putting on our skin. We have mind to use and we can use it to make this world a better place. When I had a discussion with Mary, that's the main intention. I asked Mary, whole global women should gather together because together we can achieve big. So when such program is coming and they are giving a message which any, any sensible person will not accept it because this is not acceptable. It impacts younger girls. It impacts because media people, girls follow media. Younger mm. generation follow media. They follow the stars. They follow how they dress. They follow their words saying. They follow what words they use. My goodness, imagine a young girl watching that video and she is exposed to all those words. What impact it's going to happen on her mind. It will be part of a dictionary. She's going to use those words in her language. Maybe we can't have the control that, okay, for sometimes she has watched, it would be leaving some impact, but later she can forget. But they are setting an example. It can be repeated again. And I am fearing it, that if they have set this example and others across the globe are going to follow it, what's going to happen? It has to be talked about. It has to be strictly what to say. We, the organization should be talking about that this is not acceptable. We have to be seriously asking the organizations that they have to be mindful what they are portraying for women. Because right now, women are open-minded and they are liberated. So this is, to my extent, this is not acceptable. So that's my point. I'm staying in Singapore. I'm, my roots are from India. I have grown up in India. Definitely the culture is totally different, not acceptable. Singapore is quite open-minded, but definitely nobody is accepting it here also. No sensible person can accept this because that's not Thing which we want people to girls to learn and to portray so this i'm really in a shock and not at all acceptable and it has to be raised and issue this issue has to be dealt and people should be mindful what they're portraying over media i'm so glad you're saying that and you know i can't wait to hear what carissa says because you know she's lived in italy and you know i'm italian and just like you know for us being free with our bodies it's like a normal thing you can go to a nudist beach but and for me, it was so that it wasn't really like what they were wearing. It's like the messaging behind what they were wearing, because, of course, women should be body positive. And of course, you know, they should embrace their sexuality. But, you know, first of all, it's family entertainment. And second, you yes. do not know the context behind this. If there was some sort of a personal story that intros why they're doing that, somebody said to me, and this is really interesting because I can't wait to see what Calista is going to say being in the artistic world. Somebody said to me, I posted this on LinkedIn and there was a guy, he's a filmmaker. Oh, yeah. And he says, but this is art. He says, you should not be stepping into the artistic expression of artists. And he says, what kind of a movie producer are you when you're like stepping into this? And then you're also making feel women guilty about the profession of stripping and being porn stars. And I'm like, 
what? So Clarissa, you chime in on this. I saw that. I saw that, I saw that note. Yeah, you saw that, right? I had to take it off. The good news is that I'm not a porn star, so we could start with that. But the, <laughs> the, um, the couple of things do come to mind, and that is I am a little bit of a prude when it comes to this, because I think being a lady and having a lot of class goes a really, really long way. And it's kind of where I think we've, we've, we've lost, uh, we're not hitting the mark with our younger generations. And I think, you know, I, I don't know where it is I'm supposed to feel ashamed of myself <laughs> because they're not. Uh, being teach or taught or trained to be ladies the way I know that I was. Uh, and, um, and certainly, you know, it, it, as I said before, it does go a long way. It's very interesting to see uh, the different, um, the different viewpoints from around the world and how, again, Chinese women are taught to be lovely and feminine and beautiful in their, in their being women and being feminine, Indian women, the same thing. Um, and so I, I'm so glad to hear the resonance, you know, globally, if you will, about, about that. Now with, yes, with that being said, yes, we're supposed to, you know, embrace our bodies and we are, I think we've gone a long way. The Me Too movement, for example, is something that I really think has been extremely powerful. I wish I had thought of it, but when I was a young girl, I was taught it's just the way it is. You're just going to have to learn how to navigate it. Don't look at a man, don't talk to a man and just scurry away. That was the way we dealt with it then. Um, you know, I don't know that, the, you know, I didn't, I, I just took a look at it right now, right before the show. So that I was prepared because I didn't see it. What I do know is that the audience, you know, the, the viewership tanked for the Grammys. And I think these kinds of shows are basically on the way out anyway, because they're all fake awards given to a bunch of fake people that have basically been paid off or paying for it. We kind of know the backstories now. So I don't know how much longer these are going to be around, but I do think that, you know, you remember back in the 80s when Madonna came out and she had, you know, she was wearing the cross around her neck and she was masturbating on the round bed or the, you know, the, the you know, that the sort of simulating masturbation on the round bed. It was the same thing. And in, 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 in the entertainment business, it's the shock factor and the shock value that that brings the money. Right. I just read something today about about, you know, the other guy that was working with Cardi B. What's his name? I don't know. But, you know, the Nike shoes that, you know, have a drop of human blood in the soul and they only sold six hundred and sixty six pair of them and they are a thousand thirteen hundred dollar. They're gone. They're off the shelves. They, they went immediately. So I think it's, you know, I think it's horrible that, you know, women are portrayed this way. Uh, and I have absolutely, I don't believe in it at all. Uh, and I think that we really need to be doing better. I think Hollywood needs to be doing better. And I think people are kind of waking up to what is and wasn't, what isn't acceptable by turning off the TV that night. Yep. I know I did. Yeah. 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 It's very yeah, true. I wonder what, what you say, though, when your children or your young daughters are watching the show um, and, you know, maybe they're 18. So you can't be like a mom and say, OK, now I'm turning off the TV because, you know, they're going to go on the Internet and they're going to watch it anyway. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, in the old days, yeah. like once you miss a show, it, it gets repurposed in a right. hundred thousand ways. So, I mean, what do you say? Because many of you are mothers, um, I think. I'm not, but um, some of you I'm sure are. But even if you're not, you probably have, you know, nieces, you got cousins, you got, you know, friends who have children. What do you say to the 
to the young girls, especially because people love music, right? So there's going to be a lot of the kids, even 12, 13, 14, who are going to watch because they want to see Justin Bieber on stage. They want to see somebody else. And then they get this. And it's yeah. like, what do you say to a young girl um, about what she's watching? Like, how do you interpret that? What would you explain to them? without making them say this is not okay because you know how kids are the moment you tell them this is not okay they're gonna want to you know rebel see against again it, yeah right and see, so Very how true. do you approach that what do you what say you ladies you know what i would almost i mean if i was a, a wife with a husband i would almost have the husband say something like uh, this is appalling you know from a male perspective to let him know that this is trashy this is not this is not cool. I would almost urge my husband, you know, to say something. I, I don't have kids, but I would just, I remember growing up when my father would talk to me about things that kind of, of this nature. Um, it hit home more with me than things that my mom would say. It's really crazy, but, you know, girls will do anything for boys. You know, if they think that they can attract boys. It's crazy you know, hormonal thing where they just, you know, uh, you know, they won't do certain things because boy might not like them or they'll do this because they want a boy to like them. And so when they see that on the Emmys, then they think that's a cool thing and they need to try to trash themselves up to, to get a boy to like them. But in the long run, it doesn't work. And I, that's why I feel like sometimes if a man can speak from a perspective of, you know, um, what boys really think, Right. So, um, but that's just, you know, I'm not a mom. So I'll, I'll turn that over to Sharu and somebody else who's raised kids to give input on that. Well said, Mary. I really like that point that definitely, if we have that perspective from men's side, I think that can really leave some impact. I have a girl eight years old and she's crazy for songs and dance. And now what I'm observing that she, the, what she's watching, the dressing up, the way they are singing, the way they are carrying, it has started impacting her. Now I am worried because the fear of falling behind, this generation is following some stars. This generation is following people who are over media. So once they start following regularly such programs, and then because of that falling fear of falling behind, that they are not able to go as per their peers, what's happening in award, and as uh, it is said that the media can be repurposed again and shown, we can close the television. But once I'm about to be giving a phone, she can watch anytime. I'm scared. What impact it is going to have? So we have to have some way to monitor. I don't know. Um, she's still young and I am hold control over the phone. I'm having control over internet. But I'm not sure that I will be able to do that for other years when she's grown up. So definitely yeah. that mindfulness is required. What the organizations, what the prestigious platforms, like this is a prestigious show, which so many people follow and people, the young generation who are mad for music, mad for singing, they are definitely following it. So it really will create that impact on their mind. And if it is repeated, I think parents will be having a different group in the whole world where all global parents are going to stand out and shout against such associations and say, stop it because we don't want our kids to grow 
with such impact. We want them, definitely we are much aware, we know that how things happen. What's the power of emotional intelligence? What's the power of body language? What's the power of branding? All these th things can be created and we can pass this knowledge to young generation, which they can use to empower themselves. But again, if they are distracted, and we know that they follow the media more than us, I'm helpless. So, so yeah, forums do. have to be created. Forums have to be created if such things become regular. I think global forums of parents should be created who can voice against and we can ask that, be mindful what you're portraying over media. Yeah. yeah. It's so important because, uh, Sheru, I mean, with a girl, I don't have a girl. My stepson is 21, right? And I've been in his life since he was three. And one of the things I've made a mission on in my entire life, helping him grow up to be the man that he is today at 21, is I need to teach him how to be a man, right? How to respect women. And all his friends, he's known as the, the girl's man because he has so many girls come over. And all his friends, their parents, like the, the moms would never let them bring them. And they would always ask me, it's like, so Susan, like we heard Andrew is like the, the girl's man. Like, you know, how do you handle that? It's like, well, I have to monitor how he's treating these girls. So yes, he will bring home as many as he wants so that I can control how he breaks up with them, how he treats them when they're leaving and how he, you know, just otherwise we're leaving it up to chance. Yeah. And there is a responsibility for us to teach these young men how to be men that are respectful of women. Yeah. And only a woman can teach that, right? Yeah. Very true. So I'm not a mother, uh, but I do feel that I'm probably one of the most paternal women I, I know. You know, I take care of a lot of people. I've taken care of a lot of people along my life, and I love doing that. It's one of the things I love doing. So much is it so that I wrote a book about self-esteem called The Self-Esteem Regime, and it will be coming out in about six months' time. One of the most important things that, that somebody has said here and that I talk about in the book is not having uh, the fear of being different for these young girls because they wanna be a part of the group. They wanna be a part of the clique and trying to turn that into uh, the joy of being different uh, and creating leaders and knowing that people are gonna fall by the wayside. Uh, friends today aren't gonna be friends five years, 10 years or 20 years from now. And to, to give them that the sense of, um, the sense of empowerment and strength to know that uh, in making their own decisions and not following the crowd, uh, that they are really starting to move toward, you know, leadership and empowerment of their of themselves. Now, it's a hard sell when they're 13, 14, 15, and 16, and I get that. But if you start saying, well, you know, I remember when I was a young girl, I say, well, you know, Susie can do it, or Susie's doing it. And, you know, my mother, of course, would say, well, is Susie jumping off the Brooklyn Bridge? If she brought me jumped off the bridge, would you jump off the bridge? You know, that sort of thing. You remember that, right? Oh, yeah. That we all heard that. And I don't know that it necessarily landed the way, you know, when I was that age, but I knew right from wrong. And I knew that, that um, in my heart of hearts, um, that something, you know, if, if the kids were doing something that, you know, I was taught wasn't smoking, drinking, you know, having, you know, early sex and, and early teenager, that sort of, that sort of thing. If I was, you know, I was taught that there were, there was a time and place for that. And that if I turned 18 and I wanted to drink, I could, or smoke and I could, or that would be a better time to make decisions about sex. And that waiting isn't such a hard thing. So look, I know that my views are rather old fashioned and very traditional, but 
what's wrong with that? Wouldn't it There's be nothing wrong with it? Wouldn't it be nice to be able to impart among, you know, to our, to our younger generations, these kind of the old fashioned morals, it's okay to wait a minute. You don't have to be a part of the crowd, you know, and, and, and learn how to say, Hey, that, I don't think that's cool. And be cool with saying, I just don't think that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Bravo. I think you're right that's, on. With that's that. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I have a question about you for all of you ladies, because there is also the whole discussion that has been brought up sometimes about, you know, how dare we uh, make uh, make enemy of being a stripper or, you know, because there's a lot of girls, for example, who are pretty because people are saying, you know, uh, you know, they're showing girls who, you know, it's okay to be a stripper or maybe be a porn star by profession, right? And it's like, how dare we judge that? Because sometimes we do not know. There is a lot of girls who I've, I've met some that, that, that stripped for a living and in my journeys and they did it to put themselves to school so that they could become lawyers. And, you know, so... I like what both what Clarissa said, but also what Susan said. I think everything is within a context, right? You have the movie like Hustlers with Jennifer Lopez that, that obviously was dealing with parts of it with them being also exotic dancers, but there was a whole story woven into it. And it really was about women taking back their power. And then, then women coming full circle and learning the journey and doing it for a period, but then it had a journey and an end. And in the end, they grew and they realized that they don't have to do that. You know, they had to do it out of necessity because, you know, they were like in the plot. But, and it was a celebration, but it wasn't, there was a story woven into it. And I think that's the dangerous with this performance is, is there is no story. If there was a story like when you heard Selena at some point that she did this performance about, you know, how she broke up with Justin Bieber, uh, it was, yeah, Serena Gomez and how she went into depression and we all know she had to go, you know, she had substance abuse, she had to go to all that. She put it in a song and it was relatable. She was wide open. She was very emotional about it. She was vulnerable and therefore... I didn't go and judge her and say, oh, wow, you did this and you try to like take your own, like you did those. I didn't judge her because it was coming from a heart place, right? As we are talking about global women talk, we're trying to have authentic conversations. And yeah. so I, I'm wondering if there is a way without stigmatizing the profession of being a stripper or a porn star, an exotic dancer. Um, well, they call it the oldest profession in the world yeah. for a reason. Right, yes. because it is the oldest profession in the world. I, you know, I'm not going to say that there was a stripper in the, you know, but I'm going to go back to, you know, let's go back to Adam and Eve. I don't know, as way, way back. I mean, as you know, as they, they've always existed and they've always been judged, right, harshly. I think they really have been. Yeah. That's another. That's a whole another issue. And and um, um, but you know, as you said, they found out at the end of the movie that they really didn't have to go, you know, they really didn't have to do that. Um, so maybe it'd be really a great idea if they learned that before they did that, because I, th I, I think that a lot of girls and women that turn to those kinds of professions don't really feel good about it. I mean, not to the core. I don't think that they're feeling good about themselves, but they're feeling really good about fast money. So, so therein lies the conundrum of, you know, where you're a little bit of your moral fiber and then priorities and prioritizing, you know, properly to yeah. my, in my view, but 
Well, you know, there's, a, there's a lot of cultures where, you know, women are kind of raised to find a man, right? Like they're not raised to get an education, take care of themselves. But they're raised to make themselves beautiful and sexy and find a man that can support them so they can stay at home and have kids. But then there's another little twist to this that who's to say that we all don't use our sexuality in some kind of fashion within a marriage to get what we want. Now I can say that I had to, to survive and I didn't like it. I mean, I finally got to the point that I had to get a divorce because I was like, why can't you just do this for, because I asked, I mean, do I have to, you know, you know, uh, you know, give you pleasure to be able to, you know, go on a vacation, you know? So uh, you know, that that's kind of falls into this a little bit as we talk about this subject. So it's important for us to embrace our bodies, but it's also, you, you know, I think we have to be mindful how we, how we really use them. Right. Exactly. Well, this, the feminine power really is our sexuality. I mean, we know that us women have all the power in the world to do whatever we want, to get whatever we want, if we were to choose to use it. But one of the things that I've well, thank goodness I didn't go into stripping or anything. I would have been broke. So that's probably the reason why I didn't go into it because I wouldn't make it. But um, but I think I think when it comes to using, and that's the thing we have to also teach women is there's a cheap sexual way and then there's a classy sexual way, right? It's not eliminating your sexuality. You can be totally sensual, but use it in a way that's still yours, right? And, you know, and that it's, but when it comes to me, and so I'm, I mean, I'm really loud and disruptive when it comes to social media and our responsibility as influencers, because whatever works for me doesn't necessarily work for everybody else. And this is the thing we have to be careful about when I push an agenda out there, I have to know where the weaknesses are before I push. Right. So if I say, well, I'm free to sleep with whoever I want, I'm not going to go out there and scream about it because I know that somebody's just going to do it. There is context always, like you guys said, and that's huge. As influencers, we have a responsibility to message whatever our journey is, knowing what the weaknesses are out there. That's the, the, the main thing, which is called consciousness, right? We have to be conscious. But what I saw on the Grammys is not conscious. It's all about me, me, me. Money. I don't even believe we have perfect lives. I don't. I don't. You know, Cardi B is talking about her stripping and how she got her through school, but she's also not talking about the bad stuff that happened during that time as well. And we have to share that with the young people, give them a conscious choice between, okay, well, you have two things can happen. There's a cause and effect. Yes, you can make a lot of money, but however, you can't turn back time because in 20 years time, you might regret doing that. And what are you going to do then? And that's the only thing that I have to say about that. That's a good point. That's a very good point to bring out. I, I, I feel like it just caters to the whole me too, you know, like it bothers me. Right. Because I, I feel like there's so much of violence against women already. And this just kind of like gives it a little bit of fuel, I guess. So um, from that perspective, um, you won't see me doing that, but I live here in a culture which is very Latinx and um, they're, the women here are gorgeous and they flaunt their bodies. I mean, they're walking around in thongs here all the time and I'm used to seeing it, but I, you know, I feel like they've just, um, you know, they've sexualized themselves to the point that they're, they're more than that. And that's what I want them to know is that you are more than your fake butt. 
You know what I mean? Like, what is that really going to do for you? You know? Um, so yeah, maybe I we should do a video with us in thongs and go viral. Oh, what not to oh, do? What not to my, do? Come to my pool for a weekend and you will see the most amazing bottoms with legs walking oh, yeah. around and the selfies. Oh my gosh, it's exhausting. It's really exhausting. I wonder if there should be a disclaimer as I'm thinking about just like there has been this whole thing about now, you know, diversity and inclusion and other thing, even in a Disney movie, they say they have like the little disclaimer at the beginning that this may be sensitive and it may have, you know, racial insensitivities. Shouldn't it be fair that they should do that the same when it regards to this type of subject matter where we can have a choice if yes. they had instead of just showing the video, they yes. put like a little disclaimer, right? And said, this content may be this so that then people can make an informed decision whether yes. they want to watch it or not. Because that, that becomes kind of like almost like hypocrisy. It's like, okay, we're going to do a disclaimer over Dr. Seuss or we're going to do a disclaimer over Dumbo and a Disney movie that he might have some racial insensitivities when they didn't even know. At least there, they didn't know. But now it's intentional. So there is also the difference about our time, as we said. It was intentional for attention. It was certainly not, it didn't come across as a messaging with purpose, except to draw more attention than inspiration. Yeah? Yeah. yeah shock effect, yep. Yeah. Shock That's really a great point, definitely. Because showing vulnerability, like everybody, uh, you are saying that definitely there are situations in life and we are vulnerable. And there are cases, like examples are there that ladies were vulnerable, but then they were aware. Then they saw that things can be done by pushing yourself, by motivating themselves and by upgrading themselves and with some skill and then moving ahead. So why don't the associations and such platforms are using this power of media to reach those vulnerable women and upgrade their life in some different way? And instead of showing such crap, they can show so many better things, which can really create a big impact on many women across the globe. Well, you know what? Sex sells, unfortunately. Yeah. That's the problem. That's you the know, problem. that's the problem. Sex sells and this part of the world buys sex and yeah. buys that. And I think it goes across the whole um, sex trafficking. It's huge. It's, it's more rampant than we can even imagine. And I think it takes... Um, it takes a whole collective of all of us to voice the truth of really the effects of what this is really doing because it's become greed. Social media has become greed, right? And, and we have to be very um, loud in terms of sharing the truth with the world because the world is following what is not truth. But yeah. I, I was saddened to see that because I know what young girls are going through with Instagram and, and seeing that as the way forward. And this being on the Grammys is not helping things because um, it's actually quite scary. Yeah, well, it's becoming very narcissistic as well, social yeah. media. So it's yeah. all about, you know, my own reflection. Uh, you know, the, self, the whole selfie movement, I think, you know, really has. Uh, it's, it, I mean, I'm watching kids on TikTok that are, you know, the, the parents are putting them at three years old. Not, you know, they're just, you know, doing little dances, but they're playing to the device. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if they understand what TikTok is or whatever, but you know, starting kind of at a really, really young age. Um, I want to be sexy is starting at four and five years old. 
And so, and that's been going on for a while now. So social media has really, really, really brought down the tenure of what, what, you know, what societal norms uh, will and will not bear. And I'm, it saddens me. It truly saddens me, but that's why we're here. Right. So I think that, you know, there are a lot of women that are our age that are really, um, that are incensed and, and really hurt on a, on a very sensitive, in a very sensitive way and at a sensitive level for our younger girls. So again, this is why I wrote the book. I know that my book uh, will be read by uh, younger uh, people and that you know, is what I can do. I'm hoping you know, that the book will become more than a book, that it will become a mission and that it will become a, a global movement. Uh, right behind, you know, me too, um, so that we can really get back to that good old boring, I'm really happy and, you know, living in happy, healthy self-esteem. Yeah. And, um, and I think if that, if we can live uh, as esteemed beings and just continue to propagate and to promote and to publish and to do whatever it is that we can to get that message out there. My hashtag is self-esteem regime because regime means nothing more than an organized way of doing things. And I put it out very simply so that you understand, you know, what it is that you have to do to work toward that end. Um, self-esteem isn't just a catchword from the 60s. It's your relationship with yourself and everybody else in the world, right? It is what you will and won't accept. It's the boundaries that you will uh, accept. And it's kind of what I was talking about before. If your people are gonna fall by the wayside, you can't make everybody happy, but do the right thing that's right for you. If it makes you weird or strange or the geek in the room, so be it, so be it. So that's where the help, you know, help, uh, happy self-esteem I think will, uh, hopefully the book will change many lives. Yeah, yeah I think that's sure. brilliant. You know, the thing is, is that when people love themselves and respect themselves, then they do, you know, they put their energy in things that make them happy. Yeah. And we're all so unique. We're, we have our own DNA. There's nobody on the planet like us. And that's why it's really important for them to, to do that. I feel very strongly about this global woman talk to the point that we can give younger women tools to, <laughs> you know, learn from, right? Because sometimes they go through the school of hard rocks, rocks the school of hard rocks. Am I no. saying right? We've no. all been there. We've all, yeah, we've all. There were some hard rocks along the way too. <laughs> we've, we've, been, we've been through it, right? And, and, a bumpy road. You know, and if you can get a shortcut, a new version, that's perfect. But you know what, part of, you know, like for instance, Femme Foundry, the reason I'm so passionate about that mobile app is because, you know, it's about empowering women. It's about giving them tools. And it's not, a, it's not about me. It's about we, and it's about helping people to, to learn and get better tools to be, to live the best life they want to live. And that's why I feel so strongly about both this talk show, as well as the mobile app to be able to get women united and, and helping each other because, you know, uh, we, we need to be crown adjusters for all our sisters. Yeah, well, you know yeah. that's the thing because um, I mean I created the Steel Rose Movement because I'm focused on dignity and I think we forgot that word along the way in the last 20 years because everybody talks about alignment and all that spirituality but I grew up in a in a culture where we had to learn how to be dignified yeah. right so what is dignity and one of the things that always kept me going and I think this is how I use it with my audience is because my audience is younger is that 
we all do things uh, when we're in our 30s, 20s, 30s to try to attract the right partner, right? That, that's what our that's what our MO is. That's what we live for. Um, so whatever you do is going to attract that type of man or woman or whatever it is. So if you're going to dress like those girls on that stage and twerk like that in the middle of the street, um, I'm sorry, somebody like my husband will not marry you, right? So it's like really dress it's like business you dress for the for the part right you right. dress for the job well dress for the type of person you want in your life if that's the case and that's the only thing we we, we need to remember right well that's what makes this amazing group here the five of us so so right um for this type of talk the global women talk you know we have you know, summing it up, we have Mary who is involved in Femme Foundry, which again, you, you explain very clearly your messaging. We got Susan who I actually work with her personally. So it's it's been a journey because I thought finding love was an outside thing and it's actually an inside job. Mm -hmm. And it was an amazing journey for me. You know, we got Clarissa with her book that, oh wow, that is so needed and so timely. You know, we've got you, Shara, with your magazine that is all about women empowerment. I did a lot of films that, that were all about this messaging. I had a documentary that I did a while ago called Quest for Beauty. And again, our tagline was inner beauty will save the world. And the emphasis was on inner in the parenthesis because it was all about finding the beauty inside. And as we, as Clarissa also said, you know, um, different is beautiful. However, exploitation is not and mm -hmm. and i think that's what this performance was it was exploiting mm -hmm. all of the things that they thought would get attention and would get viewers and that's because they could have celebrated their difference you know being african-american and having made it in the business in a man's world they could have done so much with that messaging and i feel they failed at that uh, yeah. as an epic fail <laughs> Yep, I would agree. Why we have to, okay. you know, why is it that you know? Do they think that we don't know what sex is, or we haven't been there and done that, and you know, we have made up our minds about if we like it or not, or how we like all that? Like, why do I have to continually be, you know, reminded? It's it, you know, it's 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 to me, and I think to so many, it's just a much more private uh, thing in our lives, and 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 we don't need to, you know. Anyway. I digress. I know I sound like everybody's grandmother. I'm sorry. I don't mean to sound old fashioned, but I just, I just, um, I think we've just, we've really gone way past and way beyond, you know, what should be acceptable and should be accepted. So that's yeah. my, my yeah. point. Yes. Totally. Well, Mary, I'm passing the baton off to you because I know we are on, on a clock and, yeah. and, and, you know, I, I, I'm so glad you all came to, to bring my subject matter. I, I'm voting that given what Clarissa had also said, and I think it's very important, this whole social media definitely should be in our upcoming talks and the power of social media in women and the desire to be liked and get likes versus actual relationship capital. As Susan always claims, it's the most important thing. And I agree, it's true relationship capital. Right even exactly. between us all, not the likes on Instagram. And so 
I think it would be an amazing thing. And with that, I pass on the baton to Mary Pagano because it's your show. So <laughs> no, it's your show. <laughs> it's your show. I'm just a reporter. Um, <laughs> thank you, ladies. It's been a brilliant hour. I, I appreciate all your conversations and your messages. You're all very powerful and brilliant. So thank you for that. And we'll see you at the next show. And we'll it will probably be around social media. So we'll see you the next time. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. Bye.